Strange sightings of the unknown and creatures that defy explanation. Peer into the unexplained. The Hush Hush Society presents Cryptid Chronicles. Strange sightings of the unknown and creatures that defy explanation. Peer into the unexplained. The Hush Hush Society presents Cryptid Chronicles. Isaac, tell us a riveting story of something paranormal. Well, many of the stories I've ever told, um, probably paranormal, is surrounded by my ranch, the ranch I grew up on in, uh, in Blanco, Texas. Now, it's probably never got a good measurement of how many acres, but I've had a guess. Uh, three football fields in length, about two football fields in width. I don't know how many acres that is, but essentially it's a ranch my grandfather bought a long time ago and a piece of land that I lived on for the majority of my life until I moved out and moved over here in North Carolina where I am now. But on that ranch where I experienced about majority of my paranormal experiences when I was young. Now, one of the paranormal experiences I, I can only tell you right now is um, my grandfather built a outbuilding, kind of like an apartment, minus any kitchens or anything like that, just kind of rooms, essentially, outside of his house, because he had so many kids. So when these rooms were vacant, because all my aunts and uncles moved out and moved on, essentially, um, I moved into one of them, and also did my brother, when we got old enough, because we wanted to move away from the house, but not so far away that we were, like, in, you know, another, out, outside of it, so... One of these nights, I had now, granted, I worked overnight during this time, so I would sleep during the day, awake at night, and one of these afternoons, you would say, right before I was about to wake up for, like, go to work, my alarm didn't go off, but peeking my eyes just barely open, I see a girl um, in a Victorian-style dress, I want to say, it was very lacy and frilly, but the caveat is that she was all black her skin the clothing every inch was black there's no color um but i can see the distinctive details of her dress and her hair and she kept saying get up get up get up and it got louder and louder to a point where her voice changed entirely to and she slammed my nightstands in the midst of saying that of course that jolted me up to 100 percent awake i looked around of course, no one was there, but my uh, water bottle that was on my nightstand was moving around as if somebody hit it. So I get up and I tell my brother about it, and he's like, "Oh, you saw her too." I'm like, "What do you mean I saw her too? What? Do you, what?" <laughs> he says, "Oh, he saw her. He saw her at the foot of his bed." <laughs> now, granted, he's only a room away from me, so you know, not that very far, but like down the hall, next door on the right, kind of situation. Um, yeah, we both saw that. Amongst many things I talk about on the podcast, or my podcast, about paranormal experiences, that was one from the ranch. The only cryptid thing I ever experienced on my ranch was happened when I had to be, I think I was 9 or 10. I think I was 9. I was, I was still a kid. And it was an afternoon during the summer, and we were inside. And granted, we had the windows open because we didn't have AC, and we had to let the air in and stuff like that. And then we start hearing... This screaming, like howling, I couldn't, like animal, I couldn't pinpoint what kind it sounded like. To me, in my head as a kid, I thought like dinosaur. That's how it sounded like a pterodactyl screaming. It was way off in a distance mm. and it kept getting closer 
and closer to the house. And just got to a point where it was so loud, it was vibrating the, the windows on the house. And my, my mom was telling my dad, like yelling at her, hey, can you go deal with it or whatever that is? And my dad, of course, this is Texas, has a good collection of guns. Um, so he goes out there with his, uh, I think it was a 357 Magnum, um, and fires, I think, all six shots in the direction of where this is. And he goes, boom, 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 boom. And then you hear this thing run. And I remember hearing it run. It sounded like it had a long foot. Like you would hit the ground, move, and flop. Like a pop, 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 pop. Like it was had really long feet as it was running away. The reason I know that is because the next morning, me and my brothers went out to see if there was any evidence of what we heard the, uh, the night before. And we went over across the fence and looked into the woods. And we saw bullet holes in some of the trees that my dad was shooting towards. And we saw in the mud a footprint. Now, this footprint almost looked like a rabbit's footprint in the mud. But I describe say rabbit because how rabbit's feet are very long. But this thing had to be four or five times the size of my own shoe, which I probably was wearing like a seven or eight at the time. Um, so it was like gigantic. But it, it was almost in the shape of a rabbit. But I never heard a rabbit sound like that. But that's about the only cryptid I ever ran into in my time there at the ranch. The, the vibration of the windows is very interesting because that must have been a large whatever it was, something large to do that. Yeah, to shake the windows. Immediately what came to my head might have been like a, a fisher cat, but the fisher cat footprints do not look like rabbit footprints. They look like little almost dog-like footprints. What about like a, a wendigo? Mm. Now that is a strong possibility since the most of the paranormal things I've dealt with on that ranch, you know, it could be something of the similar. But uh, I mean, my mom's conclusion and my dad's was it was a wounded animal that was getting closer and closer to us because it was just in pain. And my dad firing shots kind of scared it off. Granted, the screaming stopped as it ran, but as my dad was shooting towards it. But uh, I've never heard anything like this screaming. I never heard a dog or a coyote or any other kind of animal, even a deer, scream like that pain. But it was just so loud. Like, I never heard anything that loud before. It's almost got, like, that Jersey Devil feel to it with the footprint. Because rabbits have, pretty sure, their three toes and a dew claw in the back. and Very, very long, like you said, and elongated. But if you're talking about, like, four, if you're wearing a size eight, and you're talking about a three or four foot long foot. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's some dinosaurs out in Texas that are still flopping around. What about a jackalope on steroids? Now, that's a Texas legend. Yeah, I'm talking like a 400-pound jackalope. Beefy boy. Could be. What a scary story for the fire. I'm getting a little creeped out, boys. Getting a little creeped out. Don't be shook. We're good. We're good. We'll be all right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Things get dark. Start hearing some noises in the woods. A little crackle of a piece of wood underfoot. You never know. It's always amplified out here. Think, uh, think positive thoughts like those lobster rolls you made the other night. Did you guys enjoy those uh, lobster rolls? So creamy, so buttery. Then I beefed them up, beefed them up. I'm talking like three quarter pound on a small ass hot dog roll. I know you were not cheaping out on them shits. No, but I think my ratio was off from bread to lobster. Speaking of cryptids, have you guys ever heard of the Dover Demon? It's actually been seen, like, not too far from where we're at right now. 
Oh, see? I was just saying that I'm all creeped out, and you're just like, yeah, let's right down the road. <laughs> yeah, no, we're fine, but, I mean, it's been seen all over the place, especially around here. Supposedly, it's like this small little humanoid-type creature that's been reported around the town of Dover in Massachusetts, you know, right, right about where we're at. Yeah, there's been a lot of Dover demon sightings. I've heard a couple that started in, like, the 1970s, which goes way back. Um, not as old as some of the other cryptids that we've talked about. Yeah, 70s? It's been around for a bit. Uh, there's a few witnesses that came forward. I know that for sure, because you, you read them in the newspaper, you hear about them on the news, you see them in the blog section, obviously. Oh, especially when it's this local, yeah, for sure. And if you've ever seen a drawing of a Dover demon, it definitely reminds me of almost like a beefier gray alien. Like three or four foot tall, kind of like Dave. Um, <laughs> except it's got like a, more, a little more blush color to its skin, whereas Dave is just pale and malnourished. Sick. He's looking real sick over there, Dave. Did you eat one of those mystery meat sandwiches that was left over? <laughs> the mystery oh, that's meat. What that was. <laughs> Still duct taped to the bottom of your seat. The sandwiches with the Riddler question mark on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's been sitting in the sun for four days underneath your chair. <laughs> Since the last camping trip. But yeah, it's got that look where where like the head is bigger, it's got these glowing eyes, glowing red eyes. Kind of like that alien when we were talking about the John Reed case where he got into a boxing match with the, mm. with the alien. There. Yeah, stick fight. Stick yeah. fight with extraterrestrials. He had the best collection of sticks of any person I've ever heard of. Can I say something about that that I saw the other day? You know the craft that John Reed supposedly saw? Yeah, that funky N64 obelisk. Yeah. Yeah, the obelisk. I saw a show the other day where in Germany there was a sighting of an, the same obelisk, but it was it was vertical. It wasn't horizontal like that case, but it was the same exact looking image. Hmm. It was interesting. Yeah, and they were saying the eyewitnesses were like 15 or so people on like a, a stroll saw it. Just imagine if every sighting was just bullshit. And like the actuality of what a UFO looks like is far from anything that we've ever put forward. It looks like a 20 pointed star, just something that you would put on top of an old Christmas tree. And that's how it travels around. Telling the stories from the Bible about how. Oh, yeah, wacky angels. Yeah, that would be more on point. I like the fact that a lot of people think of angels as like humanoids with wings and they're beautiful and wonderful, when in actuality most angels are things of nightmares. I know some of these encounters that you're talking about, and some of them the Dover demon is actually described as walking on two legs, but I guess it can even walk on all fours and like alternate between the two, which makes it extra spooky, you know? Kind of like a frog kid. Boys, quick question for you. And I'm going to ask Isaac first. Let's say you're a cryptid. Tomorrow, you wake up, you're a grotesque-ass cryptid. <laughs> you walking on two feet or four? I want to creep people and scare the shit out of people four. But then again, two is more weird because you've got the, the Uncanny Valley thing going on. Uh, two two would seem more scary, but then you might get associated with the alien. But four, you get more of the animal thing. Probably why this uh, Dover Demon gets kind of mistaken for either an alien or a cryptid. I'll say four. Yeah, four. Four is creepy, and plus you get a lot more visibility, you know, not mistaken as some sort of uh, human taking a stroll. 
But I personally think that the best way to do it would to be on fours, but have your huge cryptid penis act like a fifth leg <laughs> that comes up in between the other four, like slaps your chin and then pole vaults you oh forward. God. So you're almost doing like a little run and then a jump and then a little run and then a jump. And all you hear is like, <laughs> flip, flip, flip. it's essentially dick galloping. <laughs> I, I just see like a three legged like contest of that. I'll be running like that. <laughs> You got a bunch of cryptids in the woods. You just see these. They're having like a, a, a literal potato sack race. And just like with their penises. <laughs> nuts are slapping the ground. Like how someone runs with a three-legged contest. That's what I imagined when you told me that. Like one goes before the other two. Like do, 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 do. But don't forget hitting yourself in the chin. Oh, <laughs> see, there has to be chin contact. I would say being on all fours, you have a little bit of undercarriage uh, coverage. You know, no, your belly won't get struck by some hunter or something like that. But if you're standing straight up, seeing a bipedal cryptid that's not human would freak me the fuck out. I feel like we kind of look at cryptids like that also as being, and maybe it's a perception thing, but as being taller. Like a, a bipedal you look at and you go, wow, the thing was fucking eight or nine feet tall. When in reality, like it could have been two or three but because it's on hind legs it just adds that element of creep and makes it feel bigger than it is well the 70s when this all went down it was actually it was, it was 421 it wasn't 420 guys <sighs> damn 421 yeah i still think it was drug induced yeah possibly i mean it is the 70s so <laughs> you never know what i was reading is that around 10 o'clock on the 21st all this started and a bunch of these kids saw this like mostly teenagers so could they have been full of shit i mean they might have been but you know or like my 420 but there's a couple streets that i've heard that this sighting happens on and one of them is farm street it would be yeah it would be and i think the two kids names were mike and andy so they were driving and one of them notices something crawling off a stone you know new england stone wall that you see on the side of the road and he thought initially i mean it was a dog or a cat or something maybe a small deer so he positioned the car to where he shines the headlights on it and realized what you just described i mean something he's never seen before some sickly dave looking creature <laughs> just, you know. he just rolls his window down dave is that you, man? <laughs> Step fucking around. The shit you sold me got me seeing shit, bro. <laughs> Apparently, after sighting the creature, Bartlett said that it turned its head to face his light, and its two enormous, round, glassy, lidless eyes gleamed brightly like two orange marbles. Its head sits on top of its narrow neck and is the same size as the rest of the body like a gray alien, extremely unproportional. He described it as a baby's body with very long arms and legs. After leaving and dropping his friends off because they were totally shook, he went back home and sketched out what he saw. And even years later, Bill stands by his story of what he saw on Farm Street that night. But negates the fact that he was fucked up. <laughs> like, still says, yeah, I could have been a little high... Uh, you know, just leftover residuals from the day before, you could say. But. 
Well, so we're, we're joking about 420, and I might be getting a little bit ahead of myself, but during the investigation of this encounter, he actually did admit to smoking a joint before he, he oh, saw this creature. see, see. That makes sense, because... Do we have to blame the weed, though? No, no. No, 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 because no, it's not hallucinogenic. He, I'm just putting it out there. You know, maybe he did some other stuff, too. You never know. It's the 70s, man, yeah. It is odd that you look at it 30 years later... And he still sticks to that story. He's still saying he definitely saw something, and he's definitely not backing down from the thought that he had no idea what it was. So, I mean, at least over the course of time, he hasn't backpedaled on his story and said, nah, you know, it might have been a dog, it might have been something, it might have been this, that, but he's, he's sticking to his story. But the same night that he ended up seeing the Dover Demon as it would later become named. There was another reporting just down the road of a similar monster on a different road, Miller Hill or something something like that, and he saw that around midnight. You know, he sees this thing after he's done visiting his girlfriend for a little hokey-pokey, coming down the road, sees this little creature. It is interesting that both these things happen in the same night. Yeah. Yeah, that's what starts to sort of give Bob Bartlett's story a little bit more validity, right? Because if it was just his story and there was never any other encounters, I would start to raise an eyebrow. But then you've got this other kid saying that he saw the same thing in like a completely different area of, of the town. I don't believe they were friends with each other either. Could they have been at the same party? Could they have been frenemies? Could they have been smashing the same girl? Eskimo buddies, maybe? Oh, shit. Eiffel Tower, giving each other high fives. <laughs> you, you never know what teenage girls were into in the 70s. Who knows? I just think it's really weird with, like you said, it happening the same night. What made his account really suspect was he dropped his friends off first. So they weren't in the picture. They could, they didn't see what happened. So that kind of at first you could be like, well, he's definitely making it up because he was solo. Mm. You know? But yeah. the fact that this happened again, and Dover's not a very big town. I think it's got like 5,000 people or something. It's a small, rural town. There's probably like, we're probably naming all the streets that, that are in the town. <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> yeah, all three of them. What a town. <laughs> Isaac, you ever been to Dover? No. Then again, I've been through every southern state, but never any northern ones. Oh, you got to drive through. You get, the, you get the creepy shit up in the northeast. Oh, I know. There's a lot of places up north that I uh, want to go to. Just avoid New York. Already been. There's some good paranormal spots up in uh, Connecticut. You got like Dudley Town, Green Lady Cemetery. I've been to a lot of the ones in Connecticut. They never really did anything for me, honestly. I was always let down. Most of those places, when you drove out there, oh, it's like 40 minutes, 45 minutes, and you drive out. You and your boys and your friends were, oh yeah, we're gonna go out here, we're gonna see a fucking ghost. And then you get out there and you guys are all just sitting in the fucking darkness, just, oh, did you guys hear something? <laughs> it's so <laughs> terrible. That's a testament to how much Connecticut is terrible. It's like, even even our haunted places are not that scary. Have you been to the, uh, the abandoned Remington factory in Bridgeport? No, but I would imagine most things in, in Bridgeport are scary already, so... I heard that's wicked haunted. I, I don't know. Field, field trip. trip. Field yeah, trip field that trip. shit. Yeah, but then we gotta, like, run into the bums living in there and stuff. <sighs> Love know. bums. 
the price you pay. <laughs> the price you pay for a good field trip. The field trip that Baxter was on, on his way home from his girlfriend's house, you know, he actually stopped and said, who is that? He yelled at this creature, and <laughs> all he saw was a shadowy figure, and the creature was like, it's Dave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it it didn't say anything and just it darted down a ditch and for some reason this dude's like you know what? i'm gonna run into the woods and, and follow it not knowing why you would do that i mean i would be out i'd be like scoot listen i don't want to i don't want to speak ill of my brethren but that's some white people shit what just running white no white people love that stuff they're like they see something terrifying or scary and they're like let's investigate they built an entire goddamn cartoon off of it scooby-doo they're all white every time that they see a ghost they're like chase after it that's fucking insane why yeah but that's because they know that it's not a ghost like every time it's some dude in a mask that's true, but still, like, you chase that danger. You chase that, like, imagine just the worst Scooby-Doo episode where they're like, yeah, chase him down, and it's really a ghost or a poltergeist or a specter or some sort of creature, and it tears apart that group of friends, just obliterates them. The dog gets away because he's smart. He likes to run away. Him and Shaggy, they're not about it. Yeah, not to uh, delay uh, or derail the podcast, but uh, when it comes to dangerous situations and dangerous locations, I go directly for those places because I'm not sure if you listened to uh, my podcast or not, but I talk about my um, technically psychic ability that I have um, that prevents or at least makes me equipped to deal with anything dangerous. Oh, you know, I was listening to one of your episodes about that. I think I listened to the Hatman episode that you guys had. You guys were briefly talking about exactly what you just said. And it made me think of the stuff that Goldberg was saying, you know, like how he, you could protect yourself with your uh, your state of consciousness from darker entities and, and things like that. Uh, not exactly. Um, my ability is, like I said, singular unique because I don't need meditation i don't need um spells or, or or equipment or prayers or anything like that uh my ability resides in my hands and the closer i am to an entity let's say a dark entity my right hand will start to charge uh, the sensation feels like when your hand goes to sleep that tingling sensation that spreads and it will spread from the center of my palm throughout my entire hand and the closer i am to an entity the stronger it gets or depending on the strength of the entity itself now, I can also feel that energy, but I can pull that energy into myself. Uh, and I used to filter it, um, kind of like just absorbing the energy and filtering it out later. Um, but I have learned to imprison uh, the dark energy into an object uh, directly. And that's what I've been doing for the last, let's say, nine months or so. And all investigations and locations that we've gone to, me and my paranormal team, um, I just, I pull these entities and I imprison them. And um, it's basically creating a haunted object, but nothing can escape this object that I've, I've basically created a haunted object in a sense. Um, but yeah, as I said, when I'm going to dangerous locations, I have no fear because anything that gets too close, I can just take it out. I always wondered what it would be like to... Not necessarily ghost hunt. I would say more cryptid hunt and bring someone with psychic psychic abilities with us 
and see if you know you always have that that communication with maybe spirit you know entities but is it possible to maybe have that psychic connection with a creature or with a cryptid especially that's interesting i mean i know that the ghost adventures is a guilty pleasure of mine i watch ghost adventures frequently and that they bring psychics on the show all the time so i mean that'd be cool to see what that would translate like with hunting for cryptids i don't know if any of these like cryptid shows on discovery plus or anything i've ever done anything like that but i'm definitely going to keep an eye out for it i think Mm. the only one that i've seen them bring a psychic on was the newer season or the past season of the skinwalker ranch show i think i've seen them and they brought some guy on and they doctored the, the footage to make it look like the entities got pissed even that in itself is also paranormal contact you know in the in the like ethereal type of way for instance like finding bigfoot you know on that show if they brought a psychic with them could that psychic feel the energy or uh interpret the energy coming off of a cryptid creature i guess the only way that that would happen is if that creature was paranormal and not physical does it work with physical actual living breathing flesh and blood objects or does it have to be just an energy We'd have to revert to Isaac on that answer because he would be more in the know than us. Because if you can capture a Bigfoot for us, I mean. I don't say I want to. Um, so when, when encrypted, I probably would want to avoid. Um, but yes, uh, essentially, I've pulled uh, dark energy from haunted objects out there. Something that uh, has something entrapped in it. And I've... Uh, I've done a possession case before where I pulled something from somebody. So if the dark energy is in something, it's I can pull it from the it, essentially. Now, what exactly happens with that energy? Uh, like I said, I I, uh, I pulled the energy into my, well, technically my hand. Before I filter it, I outvoicely command it into the object that I use, um, which is a ring. Uh, a be specific, a King Solomon replica ring uh, that I commanded the energy into. And um, my wife, who is a psychic, uh, very powerful one, uh, she says when she channels it, the ring, or can hear it, it sounds like screaming, snarling, cussing, swearing, uh, just like a prison of, of like a group of like essentially men just yelling and screaming, and sometimes like uh, like uh, animal screaming, like death metal screaming, just like. Just like how a demon would sound, essentially. That sounds absolutely terrifying for your wife. <laughs> I have uh, two episodes um, on the podcast called Shadow Walker Part 1 and 2, where I go in-depth about my ability and what I've learned. Boys, the Stover Demon. Speaking of that, I'm pretty sure there was another teenager from the same town of Dover who was uh, 15 years old. I think her name was Abby Bramham or Birmingham or something like that. I'm not sure. And she was driving home with her boyfriend one night and she spotted a very similar creature sitting upright on Springdale Avenue. I think that was it. That very same night. Wait, so the same night as the other two sightings? Yeah, so these three sightings all took place on the same night. That I had not heard. I did not realize that all of these sightings had taken place on the same night. Yeah, from I believe 10, I think it was 10 p.m. The sighting started and then another one around midnight. And I think this one was probably like 1 a.m. It's interesting if you look at a map on the the sightings, uh, it's in a perfect line. Like it's moving in one direction. 
Ah, see? There yeah. we go. Now we have to do further research to see if that line lays on, like, maybe a ley line or something like that. Too. Oh, that would be very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's clearly not heading towards Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, steer clear, steer clear. <laughs> there was also one other local uh, named Mark, and he said that his friends and himself might have seen a demon or some sort of creature themselves at Channing Pond, which was also on Springdale Avenue, the same place where that chick Abby had seen her sighting. But his sighting took place in like 1971 or 1972. I think it was a year later. Oh, so it stayed in the area at least. No, that's like five years prior, five or six years prior. So this, this guy came out after the fact and said that he had seen something five years before. Uh, sounds like he's kind of clout chasing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Me Too movement, but in the 70s. And <laughs> <laughs> totally different meeting. <laughs> oh, guys. So I wasn't paying attention to most of this conversation because I was going through my phone. But I did come across this on my phone. Talking about that guy, Mark, I don't know if I believe him, but he did say, I don't know if we really saw something. We thought we did. We saw a small figure deep in the woods moving at the edge of the pond. We could see it moving in the headlights. I don't know if it was an animal, though. See, that all that, all that, like, I don't know, all that, like, maybe. Come on, dude. We were also smoking, too, bro. <laughs> I also wasn't wearing my glasses. It was dark. It was raining. Yeah, well, while you were doing that, I uh, I thought about a book that I was actually reading not too long ago called Dover Farms while we were looking this up. Is that the one about the pig? Charlotte's Web? Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> it's by a guy named uh, Frank Smith. And something pretty intriguing caught my, uh, caught my eye in that book and I actually uh, highlighted it. Did you dog ear? Did you dog ear the page? Is that what it's called when you completely ruin the paper and crease it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Dog ear. Most people would dog ear, you know, they'll like fold over the corner. I just like mm -hmm. to smush the page a little bit and then be like, yeah, this fucked up page is where I read it. Yeah. No, that's exactly <laughs> what I do. <laughs> so he says in the book, this is directly from the book. He says, in early times, this road went around by the picturesque Poca Rock on the farm of George Battelle, which was called for a man by that name of whom it is remembered, that amid the superstitions of the age, he thought he saw his satanic majesty, and he was riding on horseback by this secluded spot. Before I continue this, sounds like Headless Horseman. Right? Yeah, that's the first thing I thought yeah, of. Yeah, same area. So he, he continues this quote, says the location has long been looked upon as one in which treasures are hidden but why should anyone go so far inland to hide treasures has never been told however there has been times unmistakable evidence of considerable digging in the immediate vicinity of this rock and they say if you dig in a location that could be like this it's probably bad juju man like it's not good yeah you don't want to do yeah, that shit. so uh, i don't know but interesting book check it out Speaking of that horseman, uh, maybe less like the headless horseman, I'm thinking like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Behold a pale horse. Fun fact, uh, one of my uncles knows a cryptozoologist in Maine, guys. I know. I'm not lying. I promise. I promise. Uncle Mike? Yeah, Uncle Mike. 
so my uncle Mike knows this cryptozoologist out of Maine, and I'm pretty sure his name is Lauren Coleman, who actually interviewed all three of these teens who experienced these sightings within a week. Do you guys know who Lauren Coleman is? Yeah. No. Lauren Coleman is very big in the crypto world, the cryptozoology world, and if we do not have him by a campfire soon, I'm going to lose my mind. No, it's hard to get a hold of this dude. I've reached out to him like 400 times on a site. Yeah, and hasn't hasn't hit back, right? I was actually thinking of driving up to Portland and just going to the shop, uh, the museum, the cryptozoology museum. Does he actually like work in there? Yeah, yeah. He like opens it every I day. I finally got you, Lauren. I got you now. Yeah, I want to. I want to corner him and just be like, "Hey, did you get my email?" So Portland, <laughs> no Maine. context at all. Just did you get my email? Field trip. <laughs> yeah, can we please do that? Portland's only like three hours from us. Mr. Coleman said about these cases, we have a credible case over 25 hours by individuals who saw something. In the area, you had three major legends going on. The apparition of the devil on horseback, the tales of buried treasure, and then the Dover demon. And I think it certainly says something. It's almost as if there are certain areas that collect sightings almost in a magnetic way. Mm. Lines. Magnetism. We talk about like weird magnetic anomalies, especially when it comes to cryptids and the places that they're found and the sightings. So it always boils down to these magnetic anomalies, like we just said. So there just so happens to be in Dover this massive geological rock known as the Polka Stone. And the polka stone is known to have these weird energies. So could that stone possibly be causing these paranormal sightings? Or maybe we are seeing demons, but maybe we're also seeing that that horseman entity, or we're seeing something other, you know, some other apparition. And this stone could be causing all of that since it's all in the, in the same area and putting off this geological uh, magnetic energy. There's another stone that they mention, I think, on the Ancient Aliens show, which is in Connecticut, which actually is like a giant megalithic rock. It's not carved or anything, but it's sitting on top of three other rocks, like smaller rocks. And it's in somebody's yard, like somebody owns the property. Bring like instruments there. And this thing's magnetic readings are off the charts, especially like underneath it and around it. And there's also sightings of strange things that happen around that area and that property. So it's interesting. Mm. While, while you're talking, I actually looked this up. So that polka stone, did you know that in translation for an old like Celtic mythology, polka is actually an Irish spirit or ghost and can both bring both good and bad fortune and which is pretty interesting that that that's a correlation there was a hulu movie also called puka what the hell is a puka what are you guys <laughs> talking about apparently pukas are claimed to be shapeshifters mm. they can take appearances of horses goats cats dogs bunny rabbits that sounds like a skinwalker a little bit right a little skinwalker-ish See, this is something we see in these spots, and I think we're pretty convinced they're like portal locations. That's what it seems like, right? Yeah, and it lines up with that magnetic anomaly type of activity. I don't know if you guys read about it, but um, looking up stuff associated with the Dover Demon, um, supposedly there was a sighting of it in the 90s 
in Peru. Ooh. In Peru. Yeah, some photographer was taking pictures of these uh, police on horseback near the pyramids, I think, down there. And between the two, uh, I guess on the right of the one of the, the, the cops on the horse, uh, there was something in the background that looked like it was walking that had the same resemblance as the Dover Demon. The same kind of head, arms, legs, uh, even color, tone as well. Which it's somewhat associated with it, or you could associate it with it. Um, but that was in the 90s and versus the 70s when these other ones were seen. Is that the same occurrence hmm. where, it might have been in Mexico, the one I'm thinking of, where there was a small, gray, humanoid-looking alien that was terrorizing a town? Yeah. I don't know if it was the story you're talking about in Peru, but I know that there was another one. It might have been a whole different cryptid. Are you thinking about when Hitler fled to South America? <laughs> oh, it's Argentina. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, but I, I think that there was a, another similar sighting. I believe it was in Mexico, and it might have been in the, the, actually the 2000s, maybe even like around 2010, where like a whole town had been seeing this creature like literally roaming the streets. People like wouldn't leave their houses. Hmm. I vaguely remember that. Well, most alien sightings in Mexico might be, well, in that case, might be associated with the Chupacabra. Ah, yeah. See, that's another closely resembled cryptid. We've talked about that cryptid, and there's been many forms depending on the region that you live. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a little reptilian. Sometimes it's more rat-like, I guess. like or whatever. Yeah, know. dog, whatever it may be. Interesting. Rat-faced fink. The scariest part for me about the Dover Demon is that they can take human shape. So we're talking about them being shapeshifters. The scariest is them becoming a human. A very tiny human. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, I'm mean, like Dave. Dave's like four foot six, I think, right? Seven? Jeez, man. What the fuck? No. Five foot flat? I don't know. No. Dave, what's your actual height? Just put it out there. Five foot six. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I've had erections bigger than you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> For the, one of them Rhino 6,000 pills from the Getty Mart down yep. the street. Gas station blue pills. Now, if you were in uh, in Mexico, you'd be average height. Oh, see? Dave, you got to move to Mexico, dude. I mean, he's almost there. Yeah, he's close enough. 15 miles. I'm close. <laughs> now, my dad uh, still has his accent from when he moved over from Mexico to here. So he still sound like this. He still sound like this when he talked to people. It's like, I lived in America for the last, you know, 40-something years, and I still sound like that. Is it like half Mexican, half Texas, though? Like a uh, Tex-Mex, a Tex-Mex <laughs> accent? What do you mean, like, like Spanish or like country accent? Yeah, because aren't, aren't you in Texas? Not right now. Tex-Mex. <laughs> it's from Texas originally. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like, uh, this is funny enough, uh, it, off topic, I guess. Uh, when I was in the bathroom one time taking uh, shit, um, uh, some guy walked in and with a country accent, uh, Chingo Madre, butter. Oh, Jesus. Because uh, I guess it stinks so bad. But he said he spoke Spanish with a country accent, which was mind-blowing to me. It made me laugh. I was, oh, my God. Like, Ejole, brother, you got to get that. Fix that. That's like when you see Asians with a, with a southern <laughs> accent. It throws me the fuck off. The, the first time I went to Dallas-Fort Worth and went to the airport, I was outside and smoking a cigarette back when I smoked cigarettes. And I'm sitting outside... And this fucking Asian dude walks out. I'm talking like blue denim, spurs on the boots, cowboy hat on. And he comes out and he goes, hey, brother, you got a lot? <laughs> I'm like, dude, wide eyed. I'm looking at him. I'm like, y y yeah, yeah, I got one. 
give him the lighter. Lights, of course, a marb red because so on brand. It gives me back the lighter. He goes, hey, how long you got left on your flight? I'm like, uh, like three hours. He goes, oh, damn, I've been I've been riding these things for 12 hours a day for the past like two months trying to get the dude full on conversation. <laughs> <laughs> threw me off threw me for such a loop he was super nice he was super nice i was just i was so enthralled now when i work construction um not saying i look anything other than mexican but i mean i've been confused with a lot of different things here in north carolina some people think i'm samoan one guy thought i was italian and the one guy thought i was russian i mean granted not having an accent i don't know i don't know what it gave me away but but i guess being 510 260 pounds i mean i guess I don't look like your average Mexican, nor do I sound like one. But it was funny is when I worked construction when I was a kid, like 1920, I was in a group of all other Hispanic guys. And this guy back in this truck full of wood up the, this long path in Austin. And it was a very steep road. He was trying to figure out how to do that. And my foreman, the only white guy in the entire crew, uh, was talking to him. And then I was standing in the group just waiting for us to get ready to load that wood. And he was like, so my boss once said, well, let me go check with the, the owner real quick and see how I get this over here. And he, the, the driver was standing there. And I go, hey, why don't you just back up uh, backwards so the wood doesn't slide off? And he, for a second, he'd give me a double take, like, what the hell? And I'd, oh, uh, because, uh, like, well, this one speaks English. Holy crap. You know, that was his whole, <laughs> the gaze on his face. <laughs> it's like, because I spoke with no accent and a group full of ones that looked like it blend right in, which is, I guess that blew his mind for a second. I didn't realize that until afterwards, like, did he? He was surprised of how I sounded. <laughs> Jokes on that guy. Like, like I said, the ending on the pook. That word is used for the same type of thing in multiple other cultures, like Norwegian, Icelandic, Swedish. You know, so it's very strange that that happens. But a lot of people really have dismissed this entire thing as a hoax, and there's really no evidence other than the drawings and the accounts that these people say. Another idea, though, that people are saying, which is kind of ridiculous, and I don't know how factual this could be, but some say it was a young moose, like a moose calf. <laughs> what I was reading had said that this that there was no wild moose in Massachusetts in the 70s, but I find that hard to believe. There must have been at least one moose. Dude, I've never seen a moose in Massachusetts. You don't live in Massachusetts. Yeah, but I've been there enough. I, you would think I would see at least one. Well, you're not going to see a moose walking down Boylston in, in Boston. Yeah, but I've been to other parts of Massachusetts. <laughs> What's that fucking moose over there? Hey, guy, what the fuck are you doing out here? What do you guys think this thing is? Isaac, do you think that this these people were full of shit? Do you think that they were too much of the Cinderella 99? Or do you really think that any of these guys saw something? Well, being surprised that this is even a cryptid on the list of cryptids to begin with. I mean, probably what a sea level cryptid amongst the, the group of cryptoids out there in the world. Um, possible. But like Bigfoot is probably mm -hmm. class A mm -hmm. just because of how much attention it gets. But um, this is like, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even hear about it until you guys asked, you asked me to you know look it up before this episode and stuff like that. And I was like, the Cobra Demon, what the hell? And I looked it up and all the descriptions, the picture from how it's just how it looks like, from its eyes, everything. It's alien it looks and looks like an alien if, if it's a child alien if it's another species of another alien out there that we don't really know that much i don't know but everything it it, it says alien granted there were no sightings of ships or lights in the sky every time these there were demons were seen um 
especially the one in Peru versus other one. And apparently, it also there's some place called the Lavender Road or the Lavender Trail um, in Rochester, New York, that someone saw something that looks similar like this as well. Um, the same description, anyway. The big head, skinny neck, uh, big fingers that look like uh, we call it, uh, mm-hmm. almost like frog fingers, essentially. Yeah, um, like suckers on the end, almost. Yeah. You know? So it, I I feel like it's an alien um, more than anything because how it looks and the fact that it wasn't vicious or violent towards anyone, like it always ran away from anyone, like it did not want to be seen, it didn't want to be heard, it didn't want to make communication whatsoever. So it could be a child alien, like maybe a, the a child of an alien that got like I don't know left behind or he snuck out and stole dad's ship and you know flew down to Earth and like oh crap uh, and he ran away real fast and he got back and he left and. On his way back to the ship, those three people saw him. That's why he was so tiny. And maybe uh, Alien Gray's skin is a pinkish red color when it's young. Like a baby chick. Uh, is a possibility. Um, yeah, or like a, a hamster. So they're pink when they, they come out. Um, I mean, that's a possibility. Because when I said, when I read Dover Demon, I thought, you know, something like the Jersey Devil or something like that. And I looked at it, I was like, <laughs> this is an alien. This is, a, this is like a demon. But yeah, I, I I put my vote down in, in, a, in an alien category more than anything. Even though there were no ships were seen, but then again, it might have more something stealthy, something small, being the size of this thing anyway. Or it could be terrestrial. It could live here, underground maybe. But three sightings in 1977, and that's it. Nothing. That's what makes it such a big mystery. It kind of reminds me of the Jersey Devil. It's, again, one of those very few sightings, not a sighting for a long, long time. And the sightings that did happen did not have robust stories. It was just like a quick little glance. I'm thinking it's just like misidentified as something else. That's the way it feels to me, at least. I do like the alien take on it because it does have characteristics and the look of your classic gray alien. It's freaking me out now. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna have some like tentacle suckers just t- tapping on your forehead in the middle of the night just david's in your walls it's in your walls dude david's in your walls i want a video of dave just sledgehammering through his walls at four <laughs> in the morning <laughs> with like one of those floodlights and he just has no shirt on just fucking sweating just be just like the guy from War of the Worlds. Not my blood! Not my blood! And he's just yeah, digging yeah. holes into the walls. Now, the reason the reason I think it got the name Demon, um, or even associated with it, was probably because they, they saw the orange, uh, reddish glowing eyes, and probably the skin tone alone probably gave off the imagery of a demon. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I was like, uh, no. I've actually dealt with them, and they don't look anything like that. They're mostly black mass shadow figures now the red eyes kind of spot on but the the few demons i've actually seen in person um the eyes are more of a deep dark red but not bulbous and glossy you know you're not no that's like an alien that's what i was like uh <laughs> a bulbous melon head maybe it was a melon head well that's that's why it's ironic because this thing literally has like the head of a melon i mean i guess melon heads do too but what if this is just like a melon head that escaped from Connecticut and made its way into the woods of Massachusetts and just got like raised by fucking coyotes or something and it's just totally animalistic <laughs> living in caves and stuff and he just has jaundice that's where the orange like yellow eyes come from I don't know <laughs> really 
really bad allergies. His eyes are super swollen. Oh, boys. The hour grows late. Yeah, I'm about ready to tuck into the old bedroll. Go the fuck to sleep. Thank you for spending some time with us around this fire. This last couple of days in the woods have been great. Just kicking it back, slamming Sam Adams, fishing, great food, them lobster rolls. Mike, thank you again. All right, boys. Heading off to bed. I'll see you boys in the morning. Before we hit the tent, Isaac, tell us about your show. Tell us what you guys have going on. Uh, my podcast. Yeah. The podcast is uh, Hidden in the Shadows. Uh, we release episodes every Monday, except for this Monday, because I'm doing this with you guys. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's basically a, a podcast where me and my wife discussed uh, everything paranormal, uh, some cryptids, uh, possible aliens, and everything that we well normally it would be hidden in the shadows amongst society um and we always i always say that we've experienced most things we talk about but not everything we talk about but there's a lot of stuff that we can speak from experience a lot of stuff we used to talk about and also being paranormal investigators on the side uh we bring in a lot of uh we call haunted updates in the beginning of our episodes we talk about something that we dealt with paranormal wise uh between episodes um, which is always something because uh, my uh, me and my wife always encounter something paranormal uh, weekly, so whether we're out there looking for it or it comes to us, but yeah. Uh, and then uh, basically, basically, way to listen to us is Apple, Spotify, and we can listen to your podcast or go to hiddenshadowspodcast.com, which has links to all our social media and all ways you can listen to us. Also, links to our merch store. We can get some fancy shirts. Nice. Beautiful. We should uh, definitely have you guys on again and maybe for one of our regular debriefings about like ghosts or, or something paranormal. Like, Oh, yeah, you, you barely tipped the iceberg with what I've told you. <laughs> Not even the tip, Dave. Not even the tip. What a tip tease. I'm going to go think about that in my sleeping bag. What a tease. I bet you will. Thanks, everyone. Good night, boss. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.